This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Y'all, it's Monday. Let's make it a good one. I wonder if this is funny for those of you who don't listen to this on Mondays when they drop and you're like, what up? It's Wednesday for me, or I'm feeling fine this Friday. Whatever day of the week it is that you are listening, I hope you're happy. I hope you know you are valued and feel the love I have for y'all coming through this podcast to your ear holes. This week, I'm speaking with Dr. Hafiza Khan. You might know her on Instagram as the Heartbeat Doc. And personally, I just think she's a knowledge-dropping badass. All right, enough jabbering. Time for Nursty Energy. Okay, here's your weekly NDE reminder to make sure you are registered to vote, know your polling location, and have a plan to vote early by mail or in person on Election Day. This episode is brought to you by EHR Go. Go helps educators teach a human-centered approach to technology in healthcare. Go is a simulated electronic health record with a catalog of realistic and diverse patient care scenarios included. Find out more at healthpodcastnetwork.com slash thewomed. That's healthpodcastnetwork.com slash thewomed. All right, Dr. Khan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Welcome to the WOMED. I've actually been wanting to have you on here for a while now. Oh, thank you for inviting me. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) I'd been following you for a while from the WOMED account, but I feel like I really started taking in more of your posts like when COVID hit. Yeah. You know, I think that all of us have become a little bit more inwardly thinking. Yeah. About ourselves and our health. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing. Like you'd have a really incredible way of delivering information that I feel like even, you know, a non-medical person could digest it, but like you explain it in a way that it makes it so easy. (laughs) Well, I'm the only doctor in my family. Really? I, I, so I always uh, have to explain everything to everybody, my mom, my sister, my husband, in, yeah. in their words. So I, uh, my husband's not a physician either. So, so I'm used to explaining things to them. <laughs> so I always think like, how would I explain this to my mother or my sister so mm-hmm. that they would be able to grasp it? So, yeah. yeah, so that's, and also, you know, I think that, uh, I love to teach. So I always wonder why people follow me. Cause I'm not exactly sure. Cause with the COVID, you know, most of what I do is cardiology related, mm-hmm. heartbeat related, but you know, I have been reading. So a lot of times I'll read something. I'm like, oh my God, this is so interesting. I have to tell everybody. I love that. So it's like, like an air purifier. I mean, I like, oh, people need to know this or people need mm-hmm. to. So anything that the thing with the heart is everything affects the heart, right. sleep, stress, air quality, uh, COVID. So really, because I'm a cardiologist, I could kind of tie almost anything in because, uh, you know, it'll always have a downstream effect to the heart. That's really true. That's really true. Well, I think it's such a gift that you have. And I, I feel like if I ever were in need of your services, I would really want you to be my doctor in that because 
just the way you present it. I mean, you're you're taking the time and you're reading all these different studies, which honestly makes my head hurt, like (laughs) trying to like analyze and take in different like research studies. But the way you present it, it's like, oh my God, okay, that makes sense. And you've just become a very trusted source for me (laughs) of information. Thank you. So, you know, part of the challenge is, you know, the Instagram format is visual. Right. So I myself am experimenting. So mm-hmm. there has to be a picture, right? Right. So that's why I have the, you know, like a board or something, because now I need to be able to find my own post. Like, oh, where was that fish oil post? Where was the rice <laughs> post? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But then I, it's kind of creative. How do I get the, the main parts of the data? Mm-hmm. in a visually interesting way mm-hmm. that's succinct. Because if you use only the caption, I don't know about you, but like sometimes my eyes just cross, like reading that yeah. caption. Oh, yeah. So the caption is the attention grabber. But I've been playing around with, uh, you know, that like a slide deck. It's almost like a slideshow. Yes. Um, yes. And then some things I need to say. So it needs to be a chalk talk. Because mm-hmm. I have to draw it, or and it's just me and my iPhone. So yeah. So part of it is it's it's create it's creative for me, right? Because mm-hmm. I have what I want to say, but how can I do it in a visually interesting way? Mm-hmm. Also to be succinct, because you know doctors can go on and on and on, and lectures can be like on and on and on, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how do you get the key points? Get it across in an interesting way so people are like aha I got it yes well so, I felt that way after your I mean you you broke down the hydroxychloroquine study and like yeah. you you're doing like your chalk talk you know you're yeah, explaining yeah. everything I was like oh my god I want to learn from you every day yeah so that's the, the the thing so it's fun for me because I have to pivot to different formats right depending mm-hmm. on what I want to do um uh, whether it's the easy thing is for me to do an inspirational post, grab mm-hmm. a picture of my family, mm-hmm. write something inspirational. I'm done in like 15 minutes. Right. Right. But to do an educational post, I would already do the reading. So I've already read the article and I think, Oh, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But then breaking it apart, figuring out how to deliver it, put a cute little emoji, do a voice. So that's the fun, that's the creative and fun part to me. And that yeah. can take a while. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's part of the brain that I don't normally use when I teach fellows. And, you know, for them, mm-hmm. I'm just doing a dry board lecture with the facts, right? Right. So this involves visual creativity, which is for me using the other part of my brain, which, you know, is, it's fun and interesting too. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's great. It's a way to to meld, you know, the creative side with like the scientific side. But I think that speaks a lot to medicine in general. I mean, I think that's probably what part of what makes you such an amazing doctor is that you can tap into both sides of your brain like that. Well, because I'm the only doctor in my family, I'll go with my relative, you know, with my husband or my kids or my mom to their doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. So it allows me to see what's happening. And right. a lot of times it's a very dry, uh, flat interaction. Yeah. With no facial expressions, no, 
sometimes the doctor is just typing. They're not looking across. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they don't even sit down. So it makes me think, oh boy, I hope I'm not like that. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. to smile or to laugh or to, or to have, you know, emotions on your face. And mm-hmm. so I think that because that shapes a lot of who I am because mm-hmm. I see sometimes they don't know I'm a doctor. Like when I go with my mom to her doctor's appointment, mm-hmm. they won't know that I'm a physician. Yeah. And I'll see how like matter of fact they are. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. my mom is like, she's put so much into that doctor's office visit. She's hyped for it. She got dressed up. She yeah. has all these things. And then the doctor can be very brusque and in and out. And I could see that there's a, she's deflated, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I don't ever want to be that type of doctor. So I think that shapes a lot of what I do and my teaching is, uh, you know, being uh, like if my husband was a doctor and all my family were doctors, maybe I'd always be in that lingo and always be in that mm-hmm. frame of mind. But so I, I think uh, people need to trust and um, have a rapport with their doctors. Yeah, I think you know, yes. I take specialty, but I think well, uh, we need to know who our patients are and they want to know mm-hmm. who we are as, as people, not like as a robot. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've definitely dealt with physicians and stuff before that was, it was so, it was very robotic. It was just cut and dry. And then you don't feel like you feel like a number. You feel like they're just, okay, checking off the list. But also, you know, you're paying for that visit. You're paying mm-hmm. for that insurance. You're paying mm-hmm. that copay. So what yeah. it can lead to is like resentfulness. Like, God, oh, I had $20 copay. Now I have an out-of-pocket of 120 That wasn't mm-hmm. even worth it. Why do I even need to see a doctor? Yeah. I think that if I, they need value for that, for mm-hmm. that interaction. They're, you're paying for it. Your insurance is paying for it. You have a copay. Yeah. Um, so there needs to be more than just a dry transaction. I mm-hmm. think, but maybe that's because I am a woman physician and it's possible that, you know, maybe some people, they just want a matter of fact, get in, get out business-like transaction with their physician's appointments. Mm-hmm. So I think being a woman shapes part of how I interact too. Yeah. Shout out to all the healthcare educators and students listening in. You guys always ask me on Instagram for study tips. You should check out E-H-R, go. I wish my school had this when I was training to be a nurse. Go uses case-based learning to teach a human-centered approach to technology and healthcare education. Go has over 300 multifaceted patient cases presented in a realistic, simulated electronic health record. And Go helps students build clinical judgment skills while also learning to effectively document within an E-H-R. When working in Go, students need to evaluate and organize competing healthcare needs into levels of urgency, while also making simple to complex clinical judgments about their patient care, just like in real life. Go can be used in all educational healthcare disciplines and within or between programs. It's the ideal platform for interprofessional education. Web-based, with no software to download or maintain, Go can be used on any computer or browser for in-person learning or for remote or hybrid lessons. Go is the only educational platform that puts human care at the heart of technology. Learn more about Go by visiting health 
healthpodcastnetwork.com slash the WOMED. That's healthpodcastnetwork.com slash the WOMED. Again, I'm 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 a woman and giving my perspective on the doctors, I would rather have someone take their time. So like I can't speak to to like what a you know a man would think of going mm-hmm. into the doctor, but I think it I think everyone just wants to feel, you know, like they're getting their money's worth, A, but also that someone genuinely cares about their wealth, yeah. you know, something that they're scared about and they're coming to oh, see. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when they see a, a cardiologist or a cardiac electrophysiologist, right? right? So there's a lot of anxiety already in the room because, you know, you might have something wrong with your heart or your heartbeat. And, uh, mm-hmm. It's not a trivial issue. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me about what you exactly do. You're an electrophysiologist, mm-hmm. a cardiac Correct. electrophysiologist. Correct. So I'm a, for that, after med school, you have to do three years of internal medicine. Okay. And then, because uh, that's the foundation. And then mm-hmm. you can pick an organ system that you want to specialize in. And I picked cardiology. So that's mm-hmm. three years. But the heart is so complicated now that there's additional training. So to be a cardiac electrophysiologist is two years after that, where all I do is things that have the heart beat as an issue, Mm -hmm. too slow, too fast, too irregular. So, so after like an internist is, is usually what most people think of as your, you know, your, your, your doctor, your, Mm -hmm. but now general cardiology more and more is, is just an overall heart check. And then if you need something done, like a stent placed, well, that's mm-hmm. an interventional cardiologist. That's an additional one year. If okay. you need, uh, you know, some sort of advanced imaging, cardiac MRI, well, that's an additional year. So the heart is so complicated now that it wow. takes additional training. Um, so a general cardiologist is a gateway to mm-hmm. triage what aspect of the heart is acting up. And mm-hmm. then the patient then moves forward. If it's the electrical part of the heart, uh, they see me. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's like a, your car, right? Yeah. I mean, you need an ignition. I'm the ignition. Mm-hmm. But you also need, you know, the pump, which is the motor. You know, the muscle of the heart has to work. Right. You need plumbing. You need, you know, gas has to flow. So in order for the heart to work, which is a muscle, it needs blood flow. It needs the muscle to be healthy. It needs the electricity to be steady. It needs mm-hmm. the valves to be flowing in sync. So each of those things now is so specialized because there's so many things we can do to those parts of the heart. Mm-hmm. And that definitely takes uh, extra training to be able to do that without you know injuring somebody. Right. Well, where did you do your training? I was a uh, uh, undergrad at the University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then I went to UCLA for med school. Then I went to UC San Francisco for, uh, I was a resident and then a chief resident. So that was four years. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Boston to Brigham and Women's Hospital, where I did my cardiology and my cardiac electrophysiology. So oh, cool. I'm in practice now in um, the North Dallas area. Mm-hmm. And because uh, Boston was horribly cold and California was <laughs> just not affordable. You know, there's a lot yeah. of student loans and debts and it's hard to enter that job market and the housing market. Mm-hmm. So, so this is, I've been really happy here and uh, 
in Texas. I've never lived in the middle of the country. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I was an uh, undergrad at the U of A, but, you know, used to being on either coast and I really love it. Um, yeah, Texas is been, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah there's a lot. Of where where are you? Um, I'm in Tennessee. But uh, yeah. I actually did um, a travel nurse assignment in Houston, and mm-hmm. I really liked Texas. I mean, it was really humid, but yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I liked uh, I liked Houston a lot. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been good for. Uh, I mean, it's been good for me. It's a nice place to raise my family, affordable yeah. cost of living. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, so I've been in. Um, private practice I just finished 19 years I'm starting my 20th year I can't believe it <laughs> oh my gosh yeah oh, so it's, uh, I joke I'm the oldest physician on Instagram <laughs> well you don't look it <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm indoors a lot so there's no photo aging because I'm inside well, well, keep doing that because it, it's it's working for you. Um, I was just watching your your self care routine oh, on your yeah. on your stories and stuff, and yeah. you're you're you know, you're think, just so engaging. I, I love it. Well, you know, part of me is like the post. There's a serious person. It's hard for me to figure out because the post can be so curated and right. factual, mm-hmm. and but I feel like um, people also want to know who is this? Like, right. who am I? So it, initially it was very uncomfortable for me to, to talk on non-medical things, like, mm-hmm. you know, in a bathrobe, putting with no makeup, showing my acne, <laughs> but, uh, or, uh, you know, talking about family, doing little cooking clips. But mm-hmm. I think that that's the beauty of social media. I, it's connection. They people right. want a connection, and mm-hmm. I have made connections with yeah. not just physicians, people who I message back and forth, and they're asking great questions. And mm-hmm. so, social media—that's the key, right? Is that right. it's a sneak peek. Well, what is the what does the doctor's life do? What are they like? Or yeah, I mean, she's just like me. She's got zits all over her forehead. <laughs> I need self care, or um. So I think that's, uh, I, I'm always curious as to why people follow me. Is it that mm-hmm. sometimes I think it's because it's my stories, a little behind the scenes glimpses into my life. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the post or maybe it's all of the above. It's, uh, I think yeah, it's, it's all of the above. You bring a very human aspect to medicine. Yeah. So that's the um, that's part where I have to be careful because I am very transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, I am, what it, what you see is what you get. So, right. cause I've never, I don't hide anything cause I never felt like I need to hide anything. Right. Right. So I realized that now that, you know, you've got to be careful admitting that you're tired or admitting that you have a headache. I would never oh. think that that would be a big deal to say that at the end of the day that, you know, mm-hmm. you could be tired, but I realized that, you know, I don't do anything overtly controversial because there's so much controversy that people are already getting. The right. last thing they need is some in-your-face uh, political commentary from me when mm-hmm. that's all that there is now these days, right? Yeah. 
But I think you did a great job on breaking down like prejudice and like racism, you know, like oh, I've, yeah. I've kept in touch uh, with all of your, all of your yeah. books. <laughs> well, because this affects people's life. Mm-hmm. It affects people's health and we've got to care. And right. I, we've got to care about mm-hmm. each other. I just uh, feel very strongly that, that we're in this together. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. And what lifts one of us up lifts all of us up. And oh, we got to care about our environment and, and yes. our, uh, everything, how we process meat and how we, who are mm-hmm. the people who, who prepare our food for us and pick the strawberries. All of this counts. And, and uh, I, I hope that people care and I hope that the, I can get the message across without being a hammer or a right. judgmental hammer. Right, right. No, I, I mean, I think, you, I think you do a really great job of, of, of getting the point across without being, you know, being that judgmental. I, I think you do a phenomenal job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I think also once you start judging people, it shuts down the conversation. Yes. Yeah. So, and, you know, I think that um, Instagram can be very, uh, more on the liberal side. Facebook can be very on the, um, the uh, more conservative side. Mm-hmm. Probably there's an age break down there. Um, yeah. And so I think uh, I'd like, and I am a middle of the road person. I'm a Gen mm-hmm. X, okay? And yeah. X is in every way. I'm Gen X. Mm-hmm. I'm, I straddle, you know, the baby boomers and the millennials. Mm-hmm. I straddle uh, taking care of my parents, taking care of my kids. Right. So I um, literally, I'm in the middle of the road <laughs> in all aspects. So yeah. being that X with one foot in one world and one foot in the other world, that mm-hmm. really describes who I am in many aspects of my life. Uh, I am the transition generation. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So it's a little bit of conservative, a little bit of uh, liberal. A little, so literally, yeah. I've got a foot in both worlds. You can speak to all sides then, though. Yeah, yeah, because I'm an ex. I'm in the middle. Yeah. Ex is in the middle. So, <laughs> so literally, figuratively, and generationally, that that is, and that may be true of other women in my generation. Mm. I know it's definitely something I have been struggling with personally lately is just trying to hear, like, both sides. Like, I definitely fall more on, like, a liberal side, mm-hmm. but... I feel like we've just gotten to this point and, and I'm obviously just, just speaking like for myself here, but sure. that it's, it's so difficult. I feel like so many relationships and marriages and things like that are being yeah. uh, destroyed well, right now. Well, the truth is always in the middle. Yeah. So it's always yeah. great. So you see, mm-hmm. I trained and grew up in a boomer world, mm-hmm. right? But now I'm learning to live in a millennial world and I love it. Um, and then I have children so my parents are and my husband my my husband's a boomer my mom's Mm -hmm. a boomer my children are gen z yes so Mm -hmm. I'm an ex and I'm living in so do you see I have day-to-day contact with multiple generations and viewpoints yeah yeah because literally I'm an ex yeah Uh, so gen x women uh you know, we straddle, that X straddles the world. So yeah. we're literally half and half. Mm-hmm. And so I, 
you know, I live, I'm in a male dominated specialty. Especially. <laughs> yes, and you are. So the average cardiac <laughs> electrophysiologist is a 58 year old white man. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's the world that I work in. Mm-hmm. And I see it slowly changing for the better. So I, I, where there's more, um, uh, there's more minorities, more women, mm-hmm. and more openness to not just view one viewpoint without yeah. eye rolling or, you know, like, yes. oh, you millennial or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I think that generationally, uh, mm-hmm. that is why I'm a little of this and a little of that. Yeah. I think that's great. I have been doing a major apartment detox going through my things and trying to be more minimal and have more intent behind my purchases. Well, I can now say that I've thrown out almost all of my socks thanks to Features because their socks bring my feet so much joy. Bear with me on this one. The holidays are coming up. Wow. I just said that. Let's let that sink in. I want more of these socks from Features for Christmas. I like giving gifts I know people will use and need. And these aren't just any old socks. The magicians at Features somehow managed to make even the tiniest no-show sock not only stay put, but has compression under my arches. They're even made with an anatomical design that conforms to the left and right foot and are so durable that Features has a lifetime guarantee. Who has a lifetime guarantee on socks? That's feet genius, people. My favorite socks from Features are the ankle and the no-show socks. They even have different cushion levels available. Honestly, they've thought of everything and we need to start treating our feet better. See why Features has quickly become the number one running sock in America. For listeners of the WOMED, you can receive $10 off your first pair of Features by going to features.com and using my code WOMED. That's $10 off your first pair when you go to features.com, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com and enter promo code WOMED at checkout. Again, that's features.com and use code WOMED to get $10 off your first pair of features. You don't have anyone in your family that is in the medical field. How did you decide on cardiology how'd you want to be a doctor well you know my um my parents immigrated here in 66 and my dad's an engineer mm-hmm. so uh he had all he wanted me and my sister to both be engineers so if mm-hmm. in our indian south asian culture if you like math you're an engineer if you don't like math you are steered towards biology and being a physician gotcha so i'm hopeless at math <laughs> but <laughs> i um i love science yeah. So mm-hmm. that geared me towards biology and medicine. If I mm-hmm. wasn't a doctor, I probably would have gotten a PhD in neuroscience, biology, microbiology, or something like that. Oh, so, yeah. So I, you know, I love science. And that it's makes so me cool. sad that people don't trust science. Yeah. Or yeah. that it can be manipulated just like anything can. But mm-hmm. I feel strongly that science advances the human condition. Yes. Yes. This anti-science thing is boggling. I just, that just, that really upsets me because everything we are now and our human condition is because some scientists, physicists, biologists had a great idea. So 
one of the goals of my uh, Instagram is to legitimate science mm-hmm. advances humankind. Yeah. You know, I feel that way strongly. Yeah. No, I... This anti-science thing is just... Well, that's very upsetting to me. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. It's like, it's it's fact. And it's like, people are just yeah. not wanting to believe like actual fact, like things that are proven. Um, it's correct. like, how do you... Or that somehow it's manipulated or mm-hmm. there's always room for some opinion there, but some things are fact. The mm-hmm. sun rises in the east and sets in the west. The earth is round. Okay. Yes, <laughs> gravity are... exists. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so. But uh, so I think that I knew I wanted to do science. I knew I loved mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. I hated math. And that geared me towards being a physician. And also, I can't just sit at a desk. So much right. of medicine is now this EHR and the computer. Mm-hmm. But as you can tell, I'm an extrovert and I'm a people person. So yes. being a physician, I get to interact with people. I'm talking, I'm meeting, I'm chatting. So it's science plus humanism. Mm-hmm. All in one. That's a beautiful way to describe it. Did you have any uh, female role models at all in med school? No, I really didn't. So only 8%, uh, 12% of cardiologists are women. Mm-hmm. And only 8% of cardiac electrophysiologists are women. Oh my so God, that's such a small number. Mentor, yeah, so my mentor was male. Mm-hmm. But he was very, very, his wife was a cardiologist and I, he was a mentor and a sponsor to me. So there's only eight women cardiac electrophysiologists in the whole state of Texas. And we're the second largest state in the union. Oh Uh, my gosh. So that's another part of my mission is Mm -hmm. I have now a a female partner. Mm -hmm. And I, people don't know that my specialty exists because we hide out on Twitter. Um, (laughs) So being a, how can more women be cardiologists and cardiac electrophysiologists if we're not on the platform that young women are on? Right, right. And they're not on Twitter. So that's mm-hmm. where EPs and cardiologists, that's where we hang out, where we chat with each other is on Twitter. Yeah. But that's not where pre-med students are. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so I feel like that's the other, my other motivation is that young women of any ethnicity background need to realize that this, there are career options that are surgical and procedure oriented mm-hmm. that are available to them, that they can follow yeah. their passion. And you could be married and a mom and I got kids and I wasn't anything special. I mean, there are people who helped me. I mean, I didn't do yeah. it solo. Yeah. So I feel like if they could see that it's not just, I didn't have a female role model, but I would love to be a female role model for young women. Uh, to join cardiology and to jo- to go further to procedure-based cardiology if they want to. So are you, are you mentoring then? Are you, anybody? Or... Uh, yeah. So, well, I hired uh, another woman for our practice. Oh, awesome. We have cardiology fellows now. Mm-hmm. Before COVID, you know, I used to have a lot of students who shadowed me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, we're all in this, uh, lockdown we can't have any visitors but I used to really enjoy doing that and and through my Instagram and um you know simple people reach out to me so I feel like if they could just see that hmm, well, this exists this is yeah. a career option for me because uh, you know what's the saying 
they can't be you if they don't see you. Yeah. No, it's uh, so if all true. All they see is a uh, you know men in the specialty, then they'll think, uh, that's not for me. So yeah. Even though I didn't have a female role model, I loved for other women to say that people who follow me that look, uh, hey, that's an option. Yes. Yes. Why don't you think there are more women pursuing these like subspecialty programs? Because uh, the lack of female mentors. Okay. Probably subtle biases that, oh, you're never going to have a family. It's going to, mm. the training is so long. Mm-hmm. When are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? Yeah. Uh, how will you be able to do, people say these things to you. And if they say it enough to you, then you start believing that those are true. Why does that always uh, fall onto women? I mean, like. I don't know. Oh, it's so these, frustrating. Like, micro, see, I didn't even know these words exist. Microaggression. Yes. So I yeah. just thought, oh, that's just, they're, they're just rude by saying that. But there are words mm-hmm. for these. There's labels, right? Uh, yeah. These biases. Mm-hmm. So I think that 51% of med students are women that they stop or choose specialties that have more women. They need to realize that they can pick any specialty that they mm-hmm. want that uh, interests them. Right. There's nothing wrong with stopping after internal medicine or being a pediatrician or, or a specialty like OBGYN that has 80% women. But mm-hmm. the, they need to know that they can pick whatever they want that right. they feel they have an aptitude for, an interest mm-hmm. for, and a passion for. Yeah. And still have like a family and uh, a marriage and kids. Um, I mean, yes. it takes a village. I can yeah. do it all myself. I have a mom, I have a husband, I had nannies, mm-hmm. I had a cleaner. I mean, I have, it's just about asking for help. Yeah. Because it does though. I I see that like it all, it always falls on women to like defend their work-life balance. Correct. Like men aren't, men aren't like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Like, don't you want to have kids? No one, no one asks the male doctor that. <laughs> like, oh yeah. And you know, if they ask that on the interview, you know, uh, those things are illegal. And, and so that's mm-hmm. the one advantage of these Zoom interviews. You know, everything is taped when they have these little subtle aggressions. Oh, um, nice. So, okay. You know, um, for example, an orthopedic surgeon, if a woman wanted to do that, mm-hmm. you know, those are, you're not strong enough to be able to yeah. use a saw, you know, mm-hmm. hack a, you know, a, a, a knee or a hip. So yeah. I think things are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh Things are changing for the better. Uh, it's always hard for women when there's not a role model. Yeah. And that's what I see. I see a big wave. And maybe it's just because, you know, that's where my podcast is focused in and women in the medical field. But like, I I feel like I've interviewed so many women at this point that I'm like, man, there are all these awesome women doing these kick-ass jobs. And like now every like people can like see you people know that that's an option that's that's the beauty of social media right right so the thing is a lot of us women who are in these very male-dominated fields Mm -hmm. the men are not on instagram the men are barely on twitter they're Mm -mm. barely on twitter right because so we start thinking that that's the legitimate social media twitter or linkedin Mm-hmm. And these are the fluffy aspects. So mm-hmm. uh, cardiology is very visual. So cardiology lends itself a lot to teaching on Instagram because it's all, it's a lot of it is visual. And I've right. been really inspired by two male cardiologists, um, 
Dr. Mohan, he's the cardiology on call, and Dr. Heider, he's a, your heart doc. Okay. Their posts are so visual and nice. it's perfect for Instagram, right? Because right. you could do a whole right. slideshow, whereas Twitter is pretty much just words. Yeah. So I feel like Only Instagram lends characters. <laughs> exactly. I feel like Instagram leads itself to you video posts mm-hmm. with like a, a carousel with stories. So there's yeah. so many ways to get the information out. Mm-hmm. Um, and things will change. They're changing already. Yeah. I, I fully believe that too. And it's, it's really exciting to see. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So where do you come up with like ideas for your posts? You do you just, are you an avid reader and like researcher? Well, some of it is like, oh, this is AFib Awareness Month. Some mm-hmm. of it is things that I see in practice. Mm-hmm. So things that I tell my own patients, like yoga, meditation for AFib. And mm-hmm. so I'm telling, you know, um, more potassium, more. So a lot of, some of it's what I'm tip, tips that I tell my own patients. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is my reading. Uh, I have a sister and lives in California, I have a nephew, a niece who are small, and I worry about air quality for them. Like, yeah. Oh, you know what? So afterwards, if I read, um, I'm like, oh, this is so useful um, mm-hmm. for my sister. That means it must be useful for other people. Yeah. So yeah. it's a combination of, uh, and it's all spontaneous. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I plan a little bit out. September is AFib Awareness Month, so I know I should do some. October is Cardiac Arrest Awareness Month. But okay. I'm not, I don't, it's very much spontaneous and on the fly. Because <laughs> uh, this is a hobby for me. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a fun hobby. So it can't be work where I'm planning and uh, right. I am have posts all lined up for days. And mm-hmm. because that defeats the purpose of a hobby if it becomes a chore to me. Right, right. So what kinds of things right now, like specifically, I mean, we have the wildfires in California right now and the air quality is being affected, you know, up and down the West Coast. What types of heart conditions would be exacerbated by that right now? Absolutely. And I was going to do a post today or tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. burning uh, creates, you know, particles that are 2.5 microns. Mm-hmm. That's at PM 2.5. So yeah. 2.5 microns within an hour of breathing it in, it actually mm-hmm. enters your bloodstream and from there enters your lungs and oh, wow. uh, can create uh, spikes in blood pressure, heart attacks, and constriction of arteries. So, wow. Huge doses of 2.5 obviously will cause, you know, lung cancer. And, you know, like if you live in Beijing or New Delhi, mm-hmm. where Every day you're exposed to high levels of 2.5 micron particles, mm-hmm. but even one hour of exposure of um, can create heart attacks and asthma attacks at low doses. Wow! So, so that's important for people to know. How can they? Mm-hmm. How do they know what the air quality is like? Where? What apps do they need to go? What sort yeah. of um, air quality monitors should they get? Mm-hmm. If they uh, an air purifier. What type of air purifier? People are selling you all sorts of things. Right. Um, Dyson has no certification. Um, so, you know, air quality makes a difference mm-hmm. for us, our children, our parents, and clean food and clean air. I mean, these are such basics. Uh, right. Clean water, clean air, clean food, mm-hmm. uh, climate change. I feel so strongly 
because everything leads back to the heart. Yes. Plastic, microwaving and plastic, endocrine disruptors, those things lead back to your heart. So you see the heart bears the brunt of everything. And it it takes it and takes it and takes it until it can't. And then something Mm -hmm. goes wrong, right? Right. So that's why... That's the beauty, right? I can talk about sleep. I can talk about yoga. I can talk mm-hmm. about amygdala hijack. I can talk, because the, the heart is the most, I feel the most important organ because it, everything, all paths lead to it. It's like a spoken hub, right? It's yeah. the hub. Yeah. And our gut, our microbiome, our sleep, our stress, mm-hmm. our, uh, our teeth, all of those are yeah. spokes that lead back to our hub and the hub is our heart. Oh, that's so amazing. Just oh, the human it, body is amazing. It was the so human cool. body is a miracle. It's so cool. It's a miracle. I feel strongly it's a miracle and mm-hmm. people don't realize it's a miracle until something goes wrong. Right. Right. I feel like as a as a NICU nurse, you know, I would I was in charge, like I would go to deliveries, I'd get called to all the stat C sections or, you know, deliveries that were going really poorly you know baby's heart rates were dropping Mm -hmm. but like it's so cool literally everything that just switches you know like the pressure changes that switch in your body is like you take your first breath yeah absolutely is that a miracle it's so wild it blows my mind every time like I, I would love going to deliveries just because I'm like I just saw a miracle. That's another miracle. Like, it's just so wild. <laughs> I see that all the time. Uh, yeah. The valves open and close. The heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, the human heart starts beating at eight weeks post-conception. Mm-hmm. And our hearts beat 32 to 35 million times a year. Wow. million times a year. So, uh, that's again, that's one of my other themes of my Instagram is, that our bodies are precious. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's perfect. Look, we all like chocolate chip cookies, or at least I do, and ice cream. And oh god, um, yep. <laughs> not saying that, but the you know daily eating foods that are heavily chemical and processed, mm-hmm. and never moving your body, stinging on sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when the heart acts up, why are you surprised? Yeah, the the real thing is. How amazing is it that your heart took this for so many years? Yeah. Before acting out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people could just realize that like they take it for granted, right? You do. Like you really, you don't realize. I mean, like, I feel, I feel like people, people realize to a certain extent, but like when you really think about everything that comes back to the heart. I mean, like your heart literally feels everything. It's just such a central organ. It generates its own electricity. That's so wild. Um, It doesn't require your brain to generate electricity. It contracts without your brain even thinking about it. I mean, how amazing is it? I mean, it generates voltage and electricity. Uh, How is that not magic? (laughs) I think that that's God's miracle. I feel strongly that way, that it, beats even when we're asleep yeah uh, so i if i could show i mean to summarize my instagram is that science is not the enemy mm-hmm. that the human body and the heart are a miracle and we need to treat them like the precious things that they are 
and for young women that you know and uh, minorities uh, underrepresented minorities that medicine is an amazing career it has been an amazing career for me and they should follow their dream to whatever specialty that they feel their aptitude and passions lay in mm-hmm. um, and the rest falls in place I love that. That's very inspiring. (laughs) Um, Well, what's, so what's next for you right now? Is, do you have any extra projects that you're working on or? Yeah. You know, I was going to do a a YouTube channel and all these things, but Mm -hmm. with the COVID situation, I have just uh, pulled back to kind of the basics right now. Yeah. Because it seems like things change on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so are your kids I'm homeschooling like every, or trying to figure well, that my out? Too? Are in college. Yeah, my younger one's headed back to the University of Chicago. My oh, okay. older one is in a gap year. I have a 24 and a 20 year old. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Again, yeah, you so don't look home. like it. <laughs> yeah, so I got uh, two grown young men. So it, gotcha. Um, so they're in limbo. I'm in. Gotcha. I feel like we're all in limbo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to. Uh, hard to know what what to do so I just Mm -hmm. take it day by day and I'm a planner and I'm a Mm worry you know I like to plan ahead and think and that can result in worry so I decided that every morning it's a new opportunity and we'll see how the day goes and uh, start fresh the next day so I'm trying not to plan and micromanage too far in advance these days (laughs) because of this situation yeah well, if you do decide to start a YouTube channel or anything, <laughs> let me know. I would okay. love to post for you okay. to support you like in any way that I can. Because oh, thank you. I just think you have such a special message um, oh. and way of uh, connecting with people. And I think more people need to see that. So oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It's on. It's been such a pleasure. Like I've had such a girl brain crush on you for <laughs> months now, and I'm like, I have oh, to talk to her. <laughs> oh, thank you, uh, thank you. Just real quick, tell people where, like, your Instagram, yes. um, if you're on Facebook or anything like that, like where <laughs> they can reach you. Yeah. So right now, I am only on Instagram, and it's at heart heart dot beat dot doctor. Facebook is where I interact with my family. Okay. <laughs> right so now, just Instagram. Is a, yes. Just, yeah. And so that is plan two is to have a, have my Instagram expand to a, a Facebook page and mm-hmm. then to go to YouTube where I'm not limited to 15 minute um, videos and I can do deeper yes. dives into things. So yes. maybe that is where I hopefully will branch out to in 2021. Perfect. I love it. Thanks again, Dr. Khan. I hope you have a lovely night. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in each week. Extra special thank you to Dr. Khan for taking the time to chat today. If you're not following her, make sure to follow her at heart.beat.doctor, all spelled out. Don't forget to tag the WOMED when you wear the sweatshirts or use your Tumblr. And P.S., we still have a handful of tumblers available. You can DM me at the WOMED, and they're $24 plus shipping. Keep sharing your NDE stories as well, too. Thank you, guys. I love you all. Till next week, WOMED out. Out.